The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Devo. And if you listen to me, Devo, on your dish here on Clubhouse Conversation very often, you know I am quite the sunshine pumper. I drink the Royal Blue Kool-Aid often. But if you're coming here today looking for that, it ain't going to happen, guys. Because honestly, there's not a lot positive to say about the Royals right now and not a lot positive to say about their playoff chances either as we head down to the last nine games of the 2014 season. The Royals now two and a half behind Detroit, basically three after that 10th inning on Monday. Does anybody actually believe the Royals are going to score at least two in that 10th inning against Cleveland, who's still in it? Not me. Essentially, you're three back at that point. You're definitely behind Oakland and Seattle after today, it looks like, as well, on the wild card. And pretty much the other three teams the Royals are going against have a cake week or have teams that have already clinched in the case of the Angels. I mean, the Royals still have Cleveland who's going to be very hungry. They still think they're in it. They're pulling for Detroit again tomorrow. They're aiming for us for that, you know, the next team to jump for that possibility of a wild card is Cleveland, and they have experience getting there. They have experience finishing strong after last year. But let's get back to today's game before we talk about the dim postseason outlook for the Royals because at this point, guys, it really is pretty dim. You're looking at 6-3 and three as the key number to get you to that 89-win plateau to get you into the playoffs. 88 could do it, but most likely 6-3 and three is what it's going to take, and that's including the 10th inning on Monday. As you take that out, the Royals essentially have to finish 6-2 and two if they are even going to think about making the playoffs. So the Tigers and Royals, and today in general, my gosh, some bad stuff to talk about. 64 to 22 is the score at Kauffman Stadium this year between the Royals and Tigers in the nine ball games. Eight and one Detroit is at the K this year. 64 to 22. That's just about three to one. Had Detroit scored two more runs today, that's an even three times as many runs as the Royals have scored at the K. Now, the only game the Royals have won this year against the Tigers at Kauffman Stadium, take a second and guess who started that game for the Royals. Bruce Chen started the only game the Royals won this year against the Tigers at Kauffman Stadium. Detroit is 13-5 and overall, just completely making the Royals into their little stepchild. Detroit's our daddy at this point. And the Royals completely blew it today, both on the field and in the dugout. Let's go over this. Let's get right to it. There's the bunning, first of all. First inning leadoff double. For Alcides Escobar, yes, you do have to get a run there, but you don't give away outs every time, especially in the first inning in the American League. How many freaking times do we have to go over? When you play for one run, that's normally what you get, although the Royals continue to defy those odds and not get anything the majority of the time in the last three to four weeks. But Noriaoki, what, 13 for his last 15 with some walks in there, and you have him bunting, and maybe it was on his own, whatever. Again, the fact that he's given the ability to do that on his own, at some point that still does come back to Ned Yost, just like the 3-0 swinging. Ned might say, well, a certain hitter has the green light like Billy Butler last night. Well, that's fine, but you could give him not the green light. You know, draw a dice and in Detroit getting picked off. That was running on his own. Well, you could tell him not to steal there. So it's not completely on the players. That comes back to Ned a little bit as well. But the bunning in the first inning, and then Nori after the game, says that we're a team that plays for one run, not two or three. He said that. We play for one run, not two or three. That's the Royal strategy. The players believe that. In their heads, they're playing for one run. That gets back to our defeated attitude we were talking about 
several days ago about Detroit and the Royals. How the, how the Royals have almost made Detroit into these monsters under their bed, these larger-than-life giants. When in reality, they lose two or three to the Twins regularly. They lose to everybody else like the Royals does. The Astros beat them sometimes. The Rangers have beat them. I mean, it's still a human baseball team with flaws, starting with the big capital B, their bullpen. But yet the Royals seem to just make them into something they aren't, like this unbeatable team. And they're playing for one run in their minds. They're, they're playing not to lose. They're playing to hopefully squeeze one out against Detroit when Detroit's just putting their foot down, doing whatever they want. So the bunting in the first inning, you know, gets Escobar to third. And, of course, we know how that ended. Josh Willingham strikes out. Alex Gordon strikes out. Same thing a couple innings later. First and second, nobody out. Dyson and Escobar get on. You bunt again. That one was on net. He admitted at that time. Hottest hitter, bunting. Second and third. And you know what happened. Great at bat there by Willingham. First pitch swinging, fouls out. Gordon strikes out. Gordon just nine hits this month. Unacceptable, guys. Then there's the horrific base running by Salvador Perez in the bottom of the sixth. The umpires, yes, blew the process. Completely butchered it. And the Royals are talking about trying to protest it. I mean, come on. Sour grapes. You lost the game. Salvador Perez didn't tag third base. Was it blown by the umpires as far as the process? Absolutely. At the end of the day, though, they still got the call right. I mean, it's BS, and, and on one hand, yes, I'm admitting. But the game was not lost on that play. There were several other chances. We'll get to more of those here in a minute. And, and another thing that nobody has talked about, I was sitting there, you know, eight rows behind the dugout thinking this to myself before it happened, so I'm not second-guessing here. I'm first-guessing. Why did Ned Shields, not Ned Shields, why did Ned Yost not get James Shields one hitter earlier? Can anybody explain that to me? Let's go back to that inning there. Seventh inning, a four-pitch walk to Eugenio Suarez with two outs, all right? Then a wild pitch. Okay, that's fine. Tyler Collins is pitching. You're, you're, letting, you're letting Shields pitch there for sure. But at that point, he's now just over 100 pitches. You've got Herrera hot behind him. And then a, a base hit off the bat of Collins. Okay, it's two to one. Get him out at that point. I was sitting there saying, okay, out, 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 out. And that never came out. Next hitter, as you know, base hit, three to one. Get him out of the game, Ned. He's over 100 pitches. You've got Herrera hot. Runner in scoring position. Nobody talks about that. Blown call by Ned Yost there. Absolutely blown call by him there. No one's been, I don't know why nobody's talking about that. Ninth inning, Raul Abanez comes up with the game on the line. Second and third, two outs against Joe Nathan. Raul Abanez, who the Royals picked up off the waiver wire, off the scrap heap. That would have been a, a good matchup for the Royals two years ago. Would have been a good matchup 10 years ago for sure. Abanez, one for 11 lifetime against Nathan. And then might say, oh, but he has a home run. One for 11. And if you look at the sample size of the possible hitters there, let's go over it. The most sample size was Billy Butler, who's six for 14 lifetime against Joe Nathan. And again, I have been outwardly saying, yes. Just because you were good two years ago, as in Abanez or Butler, doesn't mean you are now. I, I make the joke all the time, just because I was making out with a, a perfect 10 two years ago doesn't mean I can get her now. Just because I ran a 5K in 24 minutes for the All-Star game doesn't mean I can do it now without training. So that being said, if you look at the numbers, though, I mean, you had Lorenzo Cain one for four, Willingham one for six. I was not going to hit Willingham there. I'm with Ned. He had a brutal day at the plate. He was getting booed roundly. I'm fine with Ned pinch hitting there, so don't get me wrong on that. That's fine. Willingham's out. But then your three guys are Abanez, Kane, and Butler. Those are the three possible guys you pinch hit there. Kane one for four. Small sample size really means nothing, but Kane's been hot recently. 
Abanez one for 11, Butler six for 14. Abanez and Butler, neither are hitting. So to me, the obvious choice is Lorenzo Cain right there. One for four, you go Lorenzo Cain there. Hitting the ball hard and playing better. If you're not going to do that, you go Butler. He's six for 14 lifetime. Bigger sample size and much more success than Abanez. Neither of them are hitting well right now. And I think that both of their stats are a bit irrelevant at this point because I think both of them, quite frankly, at this point, for whatever reason, have kind of lost it, especially Abanez. Not so much Butler, but Butler's still lost it this year. He's been awful. Would it have mattered? Who knows? But I'm just saying, uh, between Ned Yost not pulling shields earlier, the bunting, and that, for sure Ned Yost can be questioned. The game's not fully on him. The game's not fully on the umpires. And the game's not fully on Willingham or the bunting. I mean, but there's so many things tonight that the Royals had to win this game. Period. They were 2-for-11 with runners in scoring position were the Royals today. 2-for-11. Detroit, 2-for-3. 2-for-3 versus 2-for-11. Royals, bad base running. I mean, the Royals are built on, you know, they're going to beat Detroit by pitching better. Not going to happen. Hasn't happened all year. Run the bases better. Not going to happen. Draw Dyson and Detroit getting picked off second base with the tying run at first base in the ninth inning against Joe Nathan who was struggling that day. Today, Salvador Perez not tagging up. I mean, you go back, there's on and on. So the base running hasn't been as good. The defense hasn't been as good. We saw the Royals completely fall apart in that first game in Detroit. The Jeremy Guthrie day with Hosmer making a two-run two error and Infante not making a play, Escobar making an error, and you go back to last night, Infante another error, and the Royals played a little bit better defensively, but overall they have lost pitching against Detroit, they've lost defense against Detroit, they've lost base running, sure as hell lost hitting. I mean, the Royals aren't doing the bullpen. They're better in the bullpen, but the bullpen never gets involved. The good part of the Royals' bullpen never pitches against Detroit. The three four guys you trust out there never get in the damn game. Five and 13 against them this year. So the bullpen hasn't even been better. The Royals are just getting killed in all facets. And at the end of the day, the Royals have to finish 6-3 and three now if they're going to make the playoffs, and that includes Monday. Could take 7-2 and two if Oakland and Seattle get hot again. 6-3 and three should get them in. I believe 6-3 and three will get them in at 89 wins. But who believes at this point the Royals are going to go 6-3 and three if you count that Monday game as a loss? 6-2. and two. Does anybody think they're going to win tomorrow? I think Guthrie will pitch a lot better. I think Guthrie will give them a chance to win, but this team is just self-destructing. They can't hit. They can't, there's, no, there's no extra base home run power. They're not hitting with guys in scoring position. Guys are in miserable slumps. I think guys are tired. Salvador Perez gets like one day off a month. Alex Gordon gets like one day off a season. I mean, these guys are just run down. Moose hasn't been doing his job all year. Hosmer hasn't been doing his job all year. Punch and Judy, Hal Morris, Dungman, Kavich singles out of first base. Ain't going to get it done. So, you have nothing at DH right now. Willingham and Butler ain't producing. You're going to a 42-year-old and the biggest at bat in 29 years. I mean, you got a manager who doesn't know what the hell he's doing half the time. And I've defended him so many times this year. I have. If you listen to this, you know. I back Ned Yost all the time. Who believes they're going to go 6-3 and three at this point? That's what it's going to take. That's why they play the games. They could. I sure hope like hell they do. I'm not completely throwing in the towel yet, but I'm just telling you, I don't believe they're going to finish 6-3, and three, and that's what it's going to take to make the playoffs. And this would be an epic fail of a season if they missed the playoffs. Epic fail. No way around it. Let's say they won 87 or 88. You finish a game or two better than last year, and you're all in season with the bigger payroll, the acquisitions. What You're in the eighth year now of Dayton Moore, and Ned Yost is now coming up on the longest tenured Royals manager of all time. The city deserves better. The fan base deserves better. It's pathetic. 
get your asses kicked last night at Kauffman Stadium, just like you have all year against Detroit. When you have a sellout crowd who's got the Thunder Six, they're in it by the third batter, they're out of the game. Today you make so many mistakes like you've been doing the whole last month. I mean, if you want to be comforted, I guess there's just a couple things to think about. If you listen to this, you probably invested some money in playoff tickets, but you're probably getting your money back. It sucks. I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm trying to look for positives. That's, that's one positive. Another positive is, I guess, if you look deep down and want to actually earn your playoff spot, the Royals haven't earned it this year. They haven't. From getting swept by the Astros and getting swept by the Twins and you know, losing three or four to the Red Sox here and getting swept in Boston and getting completely dominated and disseminated by the Tigers. So, I mean, I guess if you want to just look at it that way, at least your team didn't back into the playoffs. If, if they make it, they're going to have earned it. But they're, I mean, I don't know. I was so sick during that game today. I, I've, I've, I really felt physically ill by the end. I was so nervous. And so my stomach would just, I was so up and down mentally and physically. It, it's just, it's not even fun anymore where this team's playing right now. It's just so frustrating. They had you so high and so in and, and so behind them. And it's just like they just completely have collapsed. Lost 8 to 12 now since the Yankees series that they won. They've collapsed, guys. Yeah, the Danny Duffy injury hurt, if you want to look at, look back. But every team has injuries. Detroit's playing without Anibal Sanchez. I mean, other teams around the league have injuries, too. So that can't really be an excuse. The Royals will try to salvage. Well, they, they can't salvage this at this point. The Royals will try to keep their playoff hopes alive. Let's put it that way. With a win tomorrow. Jeremy Guthrie goes to the hill against Rick Porcello. And we'll have it for you again here on Clubhouse Conversation. Have yourself a good night.